As you are seated, we invite our children to be dismissed for their time of worship. And as our children are dismissed, we will read from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. Carol read earlier from the Gospel of John, the Jesus already beginning to tell his disciples, I'm going away, I will send the advocate, we will have uh, Ascension Sunday when Jesus ascends into heaven next Sunday. Uh, But this week we read from Acts after Jesus has ascended, the church is being formed and the gospel is being spread. Someone noted to me that Acts 16.1 begins, Paul also went on to Derby. So uh, it's very appropriate for this time of year. We're going to begin actually with verse 6. They, Paul, Timothy, and others, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and there, from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she prevailed upon us. May the Spirit of God visit God's people as we read these scriptures. Together we say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. For God, all is vain unless your spirit comes down and turns historic words into present tense calls to boys and girls, to youth, to young adults, to working adults, to senior adults, to hear the call, to respond with faith and hope and love. Form us now more fully into the people you dream us to be as we unite our voices with your children throughout all time and space as together we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This week, a friend quoted the AA Big Book to me in an email. She wrote, the spiritual life is not a theory. You have to live it. Spiritual life, this stuff we're doing on Sunday morning, it's not a theory. You have to live it. We had a visitor to our church a few weeks ago who said, I want to tell you why I came to this church. Frankly, she said, I'm surprised I'm here. I've been burned pretty badly by church. But I'm here because of someone who used to go to church here. He's now gone from us. His name is Wesley Edwards. Many of us in this room knew and loved Wesley Edwards deeply. Uh, A beautiful man. Uh, Like me, sort of vertically challenged, but uh, big of heart. And uh, one of those people who was really kind of willing to be a fool for Christ, to, to be funny and happy, to dance, to do whatever, just to bring joy into the room. He, he taught uh, middle school just over the hill here at Barrett Middle School for many, many years. And that's where the visitor had encountered Mr. Edwards. She explained, the home that I lived in was troubled. We didn't have much money, and in fact, I remember that year that he was my teacher. I had this coat that was old and ratty, and I was kind of ashamed of it. And so I didn't hang out a lot in the hallways. I would go to Mr. Edwards' classroom because he was so kind to me. He believed in me. He saw something in me and in my schoolwork. He, he told me, you can be a writer. You're good. And in fact, that's why I went to college and was an English major and became a writer. She said, but that's not what I want to tell you about. I want to tell you about one day when I went into his class. I was early, the first person there. I sat down in my seat as I always did, and I went to put my books under my seat in that wire basket that's underneath the seat. And there I found a coat. I pulled it out in order to put my books in, but as I did, I noticed it was just my size and it was brand new. But I assumed it was someone who had been there in the class before, so I walked it up to the front of the, of, the, of the classroom and said, Mr. Edwards, someone left their coat at my desk. She said, Mr. Edwards took the coat and he turned it around so he could look inside the collar, whereas she said, any loving parent would write their child's name. Then he turned the coat back around to face me and said, no. This is your coat. It has your name in it. And I looked, and there in his writing was my name. The spiritual life isn't about theory. You have to live it. Wesley Edwards was one of those people who moved from theory to living, from talking to love being made flesh. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He was awakened by God. Stopped dead in his tracks. He was a hater. He was a despiser. He was someone trying to control. And the love of God just knocked him off his feet. 
and completely turned his life around and led him from living out of a spirit of scarcity and domination and a desire for control and uniformity to this spirit of Jesus, as, as the writer of Acts puts it, this Holy Spirit, the spirit of abundance and love and harmony. And so for the Apostle Paul, it wasn't just theory. He was about life. It was about his life and how he lived his life. He trusted this radically sacred love so much that he became its biggest promoter. The question always comes to my mind, though. How did Paul know what to do, know where to go? I mean, once you're filled with this love and you leave, perhaps you get it today and you walk out this place. How do you know where to go, what to do, who's yours to love? I'm asked all the time by people who feel something deep within them. How do you know when it's God who's calling Frederick Beatner says that God's call is where our deepest gladness meets the world's deep need. Where our deep gladness, where who we are and how we connect, meets up with the world's deepest need. That is God speaking within you. You know that God speaks from within, right? Not from without. As Carol read from that gospel passage, Jesus said, The Father and I, will, we will live with you. We will be with you. We will be one. We will be united together. And so in Acts chapter 16, Paul has this vision in the night of a man from Eastern Europe, from Macedonia, saying, come over and help us. Now, a vision is more than just a dream. It's more than just a reaction to what you had for supper the night before. A vision, as the word implies, is about seeing. Seeing more deeply. Seeing from a deeper place within you that interweaves with the God within you. But what I notice in Acts 16 is that this vision comes after, after Paul made some attempts to go it on his own, to, to, to see, to test. Luke writes, we wanted to go to, Paul wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbid him. Then they decided to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow it. Which suggests to us that there are some places in the world that aren't ours to go to. Some calls that don't have our name on it. But then there are those other ones that call to us. Come over and help. And you hear it. And you have a vision. And you realize it's yours to do. And it moves us into new territory. For Paul, it literally moved him across the sea and over into Eastern Europe, into this region of Macedonia, where he meets up with a woman named Lydia. And she invites them, compels them to come stay. And the rest is for next week. But sometimes it moves us not just into new geographic territory, This call moves us into new emotional territory or new political territory or new relational territory. Places we've not been before, but now we go. Now we go. And we know it's ours to walk into because it's God's call. God calls everyone. Everyone. 
when we dedicated little Milo, we said, you don't even know this story yet, but God is in you. This story is about you. And you someday will be the bearer of this. English poet Robert Burns said, we were placed in this world a little space that we might bear the beams of love. We might bear the beams of love out into the world. You know it's God's call. When it's no longer about you, about your ego or what you can earn or how you can prove your worth, it's about your love, God's love in you, and about your willingness to to step out into those uncharted territories. You know it's God's love. You know it's God's call when it connects you to people. The gospel is always about connecting us to people. The prayer we prayed in unison begins with our, our heavenly parent, our father, that we're connected one to the other. We're connected to God. We're connected to our deepest self. And that's why Jesus came into the world to awaken us out of this radical individualism into this sense of community that we're all here together and that we're called to love each other. His parables, his teachings, his miracles, his actions all point to this connection that is about the most basic message that Jesus came to bring. You know it's God's call when it connects you to other people. And I think we know it's God's call because something in us feels fulfilled. It's who we're meant to be. It's why we were placed on this earth. And frankly, it's fun. There's something enlivening and life-giving about being part of love, extended, healing, being being made manifest. There's something just incredibly, deliriously fun about it. I think it's so captivated, the, the, the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, that I don't know if you noticed, he moves from the third person to the first person. He's talking about they went here and they went there, and all of a sudden he moves to we. Because he's part of this story and he feels energized and called by it. This life of faith that you are part of is not something that we can meet on Sunday and map out our strategy for. All we can do is sort of set the parameters. It's about love. It's about connection. It's about joy. It's about God. But after that, it becomes sort of like improvisation. In acting, in music, in comedy, whatever, you have some ground rules, and then you just have to go with it. See where life takes you as you take this love and apply it wherever you go and wherever you're called. As the AA Big Book says, the spiritual life isn't just about theory. You have to live it. We live out these connections. Sometimes it takes us to Macedonia, to the far country. But other times, other times it's just this life before us. Like Sunday night when Terry and I were walking down the street. We're walking our little dog. It's, it's dark already. 
And there's a part of our street where the street light is out, so it's especially dark. And as we walked by our neighbor's home, we heard her out calling her cat. Now, I didn't know cats responded to calling. I'm not a cat person. <clears throat> so we spoke for just a second. I, we don't, we're not friends. We've never been in each other's homes. But we know her first name, and we say hi, and we ask about the cat, and then we moved on. But when I got home, I, I think I was just going to turn on the television and watch some mindless show or something, but something, God, said to me, she's standing in the lone, all alone in the pitch dark in her driveway calling for a cat she loves. She lives by herself. Go down there. So I walked back down and said, well, has your cat turned up? Uh, she says, the, the cat will turn up. And the cat does turn up. Uh, I've had ten people ask me, did the cat turn up? <clears throat> the cat's fine, okay? But she said, I, I'm glad you came back because I want to tell you something. I want to ask you to pray for me. I, I, I don't even know this woman, really. She said, in January, I fell on the ice. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She said, that's not the story. She said, I fell on the ice and I hurt my back pretty badly. I had to go to the hospital. They did a bunch of x-rays and and scans and I I damaged my spine some. But that's not the part I want to tell you. She said, I just mentioned to the people as things came to an end, would you please send all these files, all these scans to my internist so that they can be in my records? I assumed that they would do that and that a receptionist would just stick them in my files. But I got a call a couple days later from my internist who not only looked at the scans to make sure that my spine was okay, but she also happened to notice a little shadow on one of my kidneys and called me and said, let's, let's do another one. Let's do another scan. And they did. And you know what? It's cancer. But here's the good news. I fell on my back in January, and they did this, and they caught it so early that this is going to be easy. But I want you to pray for me. And I realized it was the, it's, it's all about connections. First of all, thanks be to God for a doctor who not only takes in a scan but looks at it and examines not just the identified issue but the whole person. And then thanks be to God for that nudging of the Spirit, which if you'll listen to it, it will take you to where you need to go. Maybe it's Macedonia. Or maybe it's just down the street. It doesn't matter. This isn't a contest. It's about bearing love in the world. And when you do, the world is healed and your life is made complete. To the glory of God. Let's pray together. Give us, O oh God, the grace and the courage, and maybe even the craziness, to act as they did in the book of Acts, when faith in you took these women and men to all parts of the world to announce the good news. In your holy name we pray. Amen.